He's Jimmer. He's Christian. This is two PTs and a bag of chips. The Rebound Therapy and Wellness Clinic Podcast. Whoa. Got it all in. We're a couple new? PTs discussing PT-related stuff and reviewing chips. It's kind of new. No, it's always been on the, the signage. We just never mention it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Rebound Therapy and Wellness Clinic Podcast. Oh, yes. Unless it's our tax ID number form, then it says Rebound Therapy and Wellness Clinics. <laughs> Plural. Wellness. Wellness. Oh, it's wellness. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, today we're going to discuss DeQuervin's tenosynovitis. That's an excellent diagnosis. Unless you have it. It's not very fun. No. And we're going to review the SNATS queso e and eldo. Yeah, exactly. Compliments of uh, Gene Smith. Yeah. Gene doesn't know the difference between a pea and a potato, apparently. Because this is made with ground-up peas. Uh, yes. Instead of potatoes. Yes. Like most potato chips. Yes. All right, got that over with. Thanks, Gene. Decorvin's tenosynovitis. Pain on the thumb side of the wrist. That's it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> it is uh, officially inflammation of the sheath that surrounds the tendons uh, of the thumb adductor pollicis and extensor pollicis longus, these two also make up something called the anatomical snuff box. Or in French, le tabatière anatomique. Since it's a, de Corvains is a French guy, yeah, yeah. so they go with the French anatomical snuff box. Not that popular anymore. Not a lot of people snuffing snuff. Not, not a lot of snuff getting snuffed. No. Not a lot of snuff of anything. Changes to the anatomical vape box. The anatomical vape box. That would be, that would hurt. That would burn. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. Vaporizing in your anatomical vape box. I don't think that would be comfortable. So easy way to think about this is look at your thumb, stick it up. There's usually two tendons sticking out there. That is the anatomical snuff box. That is your adductor pollicis and extensor pollicis longus. That's painful. Yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. The good news is it's pretty easy to, to figure out exactly what's going on with something called the Finkelstein's test. We've mentioned this before, but you take your thumb, you surround it with your fingers, and then you turn your whole hand away from your thumb side. So you do ulnar deviation. If that hurts a lot, there's a pretty darn good shot you're uh, dealing with dequervins. Hopefully it's still early and you can... Uh, take care of it early if it's gone pretty far and it's become a bit of an issue that's when uh, we start to see you or you go and see somebody else and then they send you here or they do splinting cortisone cortisone tends to be pretty effective surgery but that's really that's really rare yeah we don't see that much i think the only time you would see it is if you end up changing it from a tenosynovitis to like a tendinosis yeah and so you have some permanent tissue changes in there. But generally speaking, it's highly acute, comes on really quick. And generally speaking, that's a good sign. Because if something comes on really quick, it generally speaking goes away really quick. Yeah, so we see this a lot in uh, young parents, uh, people that are lifting their babies a lot. Because of that motion, you're constantly turning your wrist towards the, the thumb side, uh, holding up your baby, changing diapers. We also see it with new pet owners from time to time now. Really? Yeah. So the last couple I've seen outside of one significant one was a lot of pets. Huh. New puppy, new cat, whatever. Lifting that up a lot, carrying it around a lot. We also see it with carpentry, so repeated 
you know, hammering, things like that. And also some typing comes up now and again. I guess if you're holding your thumb up a lot with that space bar, that can get you a little irritated or just poor posturing with your laptop on your lap or awkwardly positioned somehow. And so your arm's not resting nicely. I wonder if that would be pretty common in like gamers. They mentioned something about it, but at this point there's no um, official literature on gaming. They, they made it as a hypothesis but um, I guess there's not a lot of squeezing, right? It's just more pushing. So maybe there's less force when you... And I think it I has know, more I've to do gamed. with the, resist, the, the resisted radial right. deviation. And you sh you're not gaming by doing that a lot, I don't think. It's more thumb action. I haven't gamed for a long time. Wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm practicing either. right now. I see maybe it. maybe like, like texting? Not the same thing, right? Not a lot of force. So, no, never mind. No. Uh, there also seems to be a little bit of a genetic component related to this. So there's something called a supernumerary septum, which means that there are more uh, tendons than there should be. And so there's more uh, sheaths than there should be, which means those rub on each other more often, which means you have a higher likelihood of irritation and then inflammation. Sheaths? Just to put that out there. That's a yeah. hard one. Yeah. Uh, historically, there was a lot of emphasis on work and workman's comp in the study of de Quervins. That has been more ruled out than ruled in at this point as well. So it seems to be more a, a short-term repetitive motion as opposed to a, a long-term repetitive motion related to this. Splinting is helpful, both the short thumb splint and the long thumb splint. Traditionally in the clinic, we'll do some taping on the area, almost similar to a, like a patella tendon type strap. Add a little extra pressure to that area, help reduce the amount of radi radial deviation you can do, and that tends to settle the symptoms and allow for more comfort quickly and then elimination of symptoms. Typically, we're looking at four to six weeks-ish, give or take. Yeah, we usually do a couple visits, although I am currently treating one case that is quite chronic in nature. So before coming in to, to see us here, this individual had been dealing with symptoms for, for, for almost a half year or more, and that is taking a, a lot longer, and the word surgery keeps being brought up there. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe so I'll follow up with some information there. Yeah, what does the surgery entail? Just clipping the, ten the tenon sheath? The alleviating the pressure? Do they clean it out? There's there's several options. They've, there's a Z-lengthening, which is probably the most extreme, where they lengthen the tendons. The recovery from that can't be very pleasant at all. They also will do a scope, essentially, where they'll uh, clean it up. Um, oftentimes, and again, this takes some additional study probably, but if you immobilize somebody completely following a surgery for six or eight weeks, maybe you just immobilize them completely beforehand and the problem would resolve without the actual surgical intervention. There's a lot of debate on the effectiveness of the surgery or why the surgery is effective, I should say. The surgery seems to be effective, but the mechanism of that is debatable because it's not one procedure performed every time. The Z-lengthening is something that comes up frequently in the Achilles tendon shortening or hip flexor yeah. shortening. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. I don't see that being because it's not generally speaking a shortening problem that irritates the thumb. It's an overuse. So yeah. So huh. and then they also have the essentially the sheath and the the sheath will be thickened and so they'll thin the sheath out, so less space occupying area there. Again, it's it's not very common and so the research is not very strong. Most of the time though, for those of you decor vein sufferers, um, cross friction massage, ice, ultrasound, and immobilization will take care of it. Some gentle stretches. So um, most of the time surgery is not an issue. Yeah, Just throwing surgery. Yeah, really we almost never use it. I mean I've never seen one. This is the first case I've dealt with firsthand. Yeah, I've never seen one. Yeah. So typically resolves quickly as long as you do something about it quickly. Quickly. Trivia time. Yeah. Last week's trivia. Brazil borders all but two countries of South America. Which two? The one on the bottom. Sort of, but not the correct answer. Good try, though. But we had three correct answers this week. We had Jimmer's nephew. Way to go, Roman. Well done. We had the classic TJ. And, and mind you, that's coming from the Netherlands. Yeah, that's a long way out. A long ways from South America. And then we also got Sean on the uh, the Twitter, so nice, nice job, Sean. Yeah. So the correct answer is, since we um, didn't tend to forget to do those, yeah, yeah. is uh, Chile and Ecuador. So Chile's the long, skinny one on the left, also at the bottom, next to Argentina there a little bit. It's surprising that countries like Bolivia and Colombia and all of mm -hmm. the northern Guyanas or yeah. They all border Brazil. Yeah. It's quite a big country. Yep. Fifth largest in the world, I believe. Sounds right. Yeah. So this week, we're going to do a space question because I feel like it. Space? Like as in um, not enough space or too much space or outer space? Outer space. Outer or space. inner space. Just space. So the question is, who is the first person in space? Oh, I know this. Oh, good. Yeah. Then I'm also going to add some caveats there. Who is the first American in space? And then also, who was the first woman in space? Yeah, no idea. But I know mm -hmm. the first guy. Okay. I would say it. I'll say it off the air. So the only real question is, who was the first person in space? The other ones are just more fun. If you know the information, it's always entertaining. Here's a little funny tidbit about space that I heard. Yeah. In remembrance of the, uh, what is it, 50 years that we went to the moon? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project mm -hmm. wrote a theme song for uh, NASA, mm -hmm. which is just one continuous note, which is the sound that the Earth makes as it moves through space. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's the soundtrack. Pretty sure you can download it. How long does this play for? I have no idea. Infinite? Continuous? Infinity? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I just is this a three-minute like toe-tapper? Like, what are we talking about here? No? Okay. Couldn't tell you. Maybe it's good background music. I don't know if that's the tone. I just made that up. That'd be an impressive sound. Could be lower. Anyway. Chip time. Well, ground up fried pea dust. <laughs> well, it's actually rice grits and whole pea flour. And cheese. So this is the Snats, which is a Spanish company. The queso e and eldo. And eldo is dill flavor, so it's cheese and dill flavor. Is that what that means? Rice grits and whole pea flour. Cheese and dill. Puff thingies. Wow. Chip to air ratio, 60%. They look a little bit like Fritos. They do look Frito, but it says pretty clearly on there, no Frito. 
They're kind of Cheeto-ish. Yeah. <clears throat> which means that you take two bites and it kind of melts they melt in, in your, your mouth. mouth. Yeah. yeah. Which is disgusting. They smell cheesier than they taste, I think. They smell like old socks. That's not a good description. No. Something that even Febreze can't touch. I'm um I'm not a fan. I'm not I'm not a big fan either. Um You don't notice the dill really. You getting dill? <laughs> dill is one of my favorite English words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not getting any dill. I'm really getting dill. Um, I'm I'm good. I don't need another one. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, not too salty. Good kinda, luck with that in Spain. Kind of like kind of like a snap pea crisp. If anyone's had those, they sell those here in the states. Oh yeah, or the veggie um, sticks. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's more the consistency because yeah, the they're not crispy, right? No, not really. They're not like a potato crispy. No. Well, if you like Doritos or if you like Cheetos or if you like um, any of that, this might be a great chip for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I'm going to give it a thumb down. Thumb down. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah. Jeez. Mm, this is really one of those neutral ones too, but. You can't go eating on us. I know. I'm tending towards thumb down on this one, though. This is a, this is not a good way to start your Friday afternoon. Like if you're getting ready for a beer and some chips. Yeah. You wouldn't want a bag of these on the table. No. Um. Yeah. Going to the bar. Can I have some crisps? And they bring this out. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you'd send it back. Unfortunately, not. We appreciate the hand carriage back from Spain. But, oh, absolutely. But uh, we're not enjoying it. Not the best. Not the best chip. Still extremely grateful. Oh, yeah. That's not Hugely the point. Grateful. But, you know, Absolutely. that's that's why we're trying these, right? Sometimes you try things and you don't like them. Yeah. Like this. That's it. I'm not liking this. All righty. Well, thank you for listening today. Uh, next week, we're going to go over osteoarthritis slash rheumatoid arthritis, sort of the, the similarities and differences and all that sort of fun stuff. We're going to review the Utz crab chips. We finally got them. Yes. Took a while, but we'll tell the story about how that worked out. Yeah, that's good. If you like the show today, tell a friend, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for information about this topic, follow us on Instagram and or Twitter throughout the week. For information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.